everyone. Um, long time no speak. Well, it's not that long. It's been about a month. Um, but I am back for another podcast today. And so I just saw this video on TikTok of this girl talking about how... I don't know if this is going to be necessarily addressed more to women, but I feel like I kind of... The, the way I mean, I am a female, so I took it this way. And it was basically saying about how in a society that constantly profits off youth and beauty and femininity to not let insecurities get to you, sorry, um, and to kind of always realise that the things that we are conditioned to think about ourselves is just a form of brainwashing and almost how like damaging this is upon our mental state and I feel like I haven't spoken recently enough about how these things affect us and I kind of wanted to speak about this is very spur of the moment so I don't really know the direction this podcast is going to go um, but I kind of wanted to speak about the ways that, like, we are conditioned to think about things that really shouldn't be an issue, and almost maybe how to start, like, rewiring your brain back into sort of more self-acceptance, I guess. I think we are very, as a society, prone to the visual and the physical, and a big part of my philosophy as a spiritualist is sort of looking beyond what's right in front of you and looking more towards the parts of yourself that make you who you are that aren't necessarily as obvious as you'd initially think. So some examples of that are your morals and the things that you do when no one is around or I don't know if anyone's heard of like the shopping trolley theory and it's basically like if there's no one around in an empty shopping no yeah shopping car park would you take your trolley back or would you leave it there and it's like a kind of morality test like would you make someone's day a little bit easier when no one else is working like visually you can see them like would you take it back would you help them out or would you just leave it there and um kind of those sort of things like like how you conduct yourself and how you behave just off your own merit without anyone else's input and I think like I really struggle with this um I feel like I have a million different versions of myself and I often feel like I feel like I am a different person around a lot of different groups of people and I recorded a podcast with my friend Ro yesterday it's coming out at some point probably either today or tomorrow whenever I mean I don't know when you guys are listening to this but it'll probably be out at some point and we were saying about how you kind of are the people that you're around and the people that you immerse yourself with and um, how how much sort of influence you take from your surroundings. And I guess if we're talking like nature nurture debate, like I grew up with my mum being like the primary caregiver. I didn't live with my dad. And my mum's very calm and very 
chilled and doesn't like confrontation. She doesn't really like do much. Like she's just chilling. She goes for her swims. She like works her job, you know, takes the dog for a walk. She's very like passive throughout life. And I grew up being very like rushed and very go, go, go kind of, I wanted to do things all the time. And I know for a fact that I've taken that sort of influence from my dad, even though I never grew up with my dad, I never really had my dad's influence in me. But I guess that's the more nature side of it is, although I never grew up with his influence, I took a lot of his traits, I guess, like medically, I don't know if you'd call it medically, but that's the nature side of the debate is that even though I never grew up with this man, I share so many of the same, like he's very, very, um, active I guess if you look at the active and passive debate and I'm also very active not to say that my mum's not an active person but in terms of like doing things she's very much I'll do it as and when whereas I think my dad was very much like must be done now and I think that's probably the ADHD side of my brain that kind of has that in it but it's very evident to me that sort of as I've grown up when I was younger, I had a lot of my dad's influence, even though I, I didn't grow up with him. But as I've got older, I've developed more sort of my mum's side of things with the being in tune with things and like being slower with your day and like taking things, taking your time with things. And I kind of feel like the nature nurture debate kind of stops around childhood. Like maybe when, when you get into your teenage years, you don't necessarily see it as much, but I kind of feel like the older you get and the less influence your parents have on you, you realise how much your parents have influenced you as you get into sort of your late teens, early 20s. I'm 21 now and I would say I'm the spit of my mum. I mean, I still have my dad's like fire in me. <laughs> He's a very fiery person, so am I. But it, it's like, I feel like there's, I almost feel like Obviously, as you get older, you stop spending time with your parents as much. You have work and you have other friends and commitments, you know. And you realise that you take so much from people throughout your life and it sort of builds who you are and shapes who you are. And it comes out when you're not around them. Like, I don't know if anyone has friends that are the spit of their parents. Like, I know quite a lot of friends that have like kind of almost rocky relationships with their parents or they don't get on with their parents very well but they have so many of the same attributes as their parents that they wouldn't necessarily like to admit like I'm trying to think of an example so um say for example if they they grew up with parents that had very little empathy or understanding for what they were going through they're they're kind of they've never really been taught to appreciate empathy and that's not saying that they can't possess empathy but it's kind of this idea of because they didn't grow up experiencing that they then have a hard time empathizing with friends about things that they haven't necessarily understood or been through themselves and it's almost like a skill that they need to learn, do you know, because it's like they, they never learn it around their parents, so they have to learn it around friends. And I think that's when like issues come up surrounding friendships and uh, relationships as you get older and you move throughout life because you you kind of see what your friends have that you lack. So like I know, for example, I lack majorly a sense of community. I've spoken about this with um, in like drum and bass podcasts before that I didn't 
grow up with a huge sense of community around me. I grew up as an only child. I didn't grow up in a huge family. I was never part of like groups or clubs or societies really. I never really like kind of got into that. I'm very much like, I like to do my own thing and I don't really like being told what to do. And that's definitely caused me issues growing up because (laughs) I don't know, it's like an only child thing, but like there's this like really common thing with only child children that they really struggle to like share or understand other people's perspectives because they've always just done what they want and they've not had to like make allowances for other people. And that, that I feel like comes out when you start going to school or you start going, like as you develop throughout life, you realize that there's like traits that you, that other people possess so naturally that you never learn. And it can be very confusing And I guess circling back to my first initial point about how we're constantly being profited off. I mean, this doesn't just go for females at this point. This goes for any gender orientation, whatever you consider yourself as. We are, I feel like there is a base type of person that is accepted throughout society, um, whether that be like the cisgender stereotypically pretty or attractive person that has good morals and good understandings of things and this is really just a framework that is quite backwards I find I don't think there should be this one identity that we should all strive to be say for example the finance bro like hustling mindset of like think fight club like you know he's like He got the life that he wanted, he got the hustle, he got the apartment he wanted, and it was just still not enough. And I was having a chat with um, someone the other day about Fight Club, and we were talking about how, what do you think it means to you? And he was saying about how he thinks that the whole point is that you need to, like, like, you need to have something else and you're always going to kind of go back to your like primal instincts and your primal urges and the like even when you get to the top it's never going to like quite be enough and I kind of really understood that that (laughs) I don't know if I'm sure some of you uh, if not most of you have seen Fight Club if not you should watch it it's a really good film but I kind of took from it that no matter how much you have in terms of what should be expected of you get the job get the apartment like live the life there's still these like primal urges and these primal instincts that we carry with us. I mean, like we're afraid of snakes and spiders for primal reasons, for protection reasons, you know? We don't have any reason really these days to be afraid of snakes and spiders because we have so much knowledge of them. We have all these preventative methods, you know? We don't typically go out wearing so little clothes that they could like hurt us the way that they used to, you know, in these olden days. And it's kind of, I think, we don't really realise how much of our primitive instincts are still inside of us. And I think spirituality really, really comes into this, especially when looking at the physical versus the spiritual, is that although we do the graft and we go to work and we see our friends, we do all the things that are expected of us in this 3D material world, in this capitalist society, everyone's still kind of depressed and everyone's still upset and everyone's still angry and people don't feel fulfilled and they don't feel happy or like they belong somewhere, even though visually they have everything they need, like visually to to an outsider's opinion, they, they have the perfect life. 
but so why is it still not enough you know and like I was saying at the start of this podcast about how we we are profited off um based on our visual there's so much more that goes into it like I one thing that I've really liked that I've taken from spirituality is like physically understanding how to move your body or how to navigate how your body feels I watched sorry watch I listened to this podcast on trauma release um while I was on holiday and it was basically saying that all trauma is stored in your hips and you have these muscles that run through your hips and connect to your legs. I can't remember what the muscles are called. Huge, thick, long muscles. And they hold your trauma. Like, metaphysically, they hold your trauma. And if you don't let your trauma pass through or, um, like, release, these muscles become tight and weak and don't work properly, which explains, it, like, explosive blowouts and arguments and all these things because your body doesn't actually know how to deal with this even though it's like a it's a thing that's like hardwired into our brains through a primitive sense um the podcast was saying about how if I can find it I'll link it because it was really good and it's going to explain it so much better than I am because we know that I can't explain things scientifically I just explain them word of mouth and it doesn't always come out the best way but Yeah, it was saying that if you look at an animal that has just had to run from, like, a predator, they will instantly start shaking. Like, they'll curl up into a ball and start shaking once they're at a safe space. And I don't know if anyone... I I mean, I've been experiencing this a lot recently. Um, I find that when I talk about trauma or talk about something really sensitive to me, my hips start shaking. Um, And it used to happen a lot, a lot as a kid. And I used to be like, what's going on? Why am I shaking from the hips, like, violently? And I think that is genuinely like the the like my primitive states body my body's way of like recalibrating itself and it's really healthy but because as a society we're not taught about this it's like what the fuck are you doing why are you shaking like I don't know if you've ever like spoken to someone who's really upset or feels really scared or has gone through something and they start like shaking that is their body's way of releasing emotion um emotion is a form of energy and energy like any type of energy ever gets stored in one way or another and it needs to release you know energy can can't be destroyed it can only be transmuted sorry I feel like my science teacher but energy is always going to be there you know so we pick up energy and we release energy throughout the day um a really good way of explaining it is tears and tears are a very physical manifestation of energy coming out um I one of my really good friends Joe was saying that he struggles to cry and but he always feels like this pent-up feeling of like not knowing how to release his emotions and it's like I think a lot of men are never taught how to cry and how to process emotions I've got a podcast on why men aren't taught to process emotions I think I definitely do um at some point I can't remember the name of it as far I've got so many podcasts but he he kind of made a real good point of feeling like he was never allowed to express himself in that way so now he just doesn't know how to which is kind of upsetting to hear because everyone regardless of I don't think gender or sexuality or like race or religion or anything should influence how you 
learn to express your feelings. I don't think feelings are gender specific or or anything like that. I think everyone should have the same understanding of how to process things. And I mean, I think canalization comes into this. I speak about canalization quite a lot. If if anyone doesn't know, it's basically how from even before birth, you're assigned to a, like a stereotype. So it's like, imagine like two babies floating down a canal and one canal is the female, one's the male and the baby will go down either one. And so it's like with males, they will be shaken about as a kid or they'll be like zoomed about and females will be more like, taken care of gently and whatever and then that's why like men are more comfortable fighting and being aggressive and being angry and like letting like you know like being more physically expressive whereas females are more I guess the emotional I'm air quoting as you can't see right now but I'm air quoting these are this is this is what I mean by canalization is we're taught to express ourselves in very different ways and I think this is where the trans debate comes in, is that I think people see trans people or the trans community as a big old question mark because it threatens everything that they know about how men and women in society should behave because trans people defy all of those boundaries and they they're, they they confuse people because they think, well, men should behave this way and women should behave this way, so how should trans people behave? You know, it's this black and white the trans is the gray in the middle in terms of human behavior and human psychology of it threatens people and i think that's one thing that i love about the trans community is that they don't have boundaries and they don't have regulations on how they're supposed to behave they can take from feminine aspects and they can take from the masculine and it's not so restrictive and i mean change is always uncomfortable and one thing i really love about the trans debate is that they they can basically do whatever the fuck they want. I know they have so many restrictions placed upon them and so many, like, what was the, what's the right word? Like, inequalities, especially in America and probably other places in the world, even in the UK, I'm not going to lie, it's terrible. I mean, I'm very... I've never... I mean, I'm not part of that community, so I've never experienced what they go through, but I see things online, you know, activist posts and stuff, and it's really hard to watch, but... I think it's very similar to if you look at when there was a lot of civil rights movements going on and Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, these people weren't given the same opportunities and they had to create this uncomfortable change for things to, to become different. And we wouldn't be where we, were, where we are progressively today without those events occurring. Not that I think people should have died and been shot and, and been put in prison for just expressing their right to behave however they want. But I feel like the trans movement is um, a real modern day example of that still happening. You know, people don't like that it makes them uncomfortable, even though it's literally nothing to do with them, you know. And I think just shout out to the trans community real quick, because like they're really doing God's work right now for breaking these gender norms and these gender boundaries of what is expected of us and it's really change is like a really difficult one because we're so set in our ways and I think you get to like sort of 12 13 and you have been socialized in a way to treat people as 
the way that you have been treated sorry that grammar was kind of off there but people you, you see people as the way that you've been treated and that's why like when I say I speak to my friends quite a lot about like trauma and stuff and they say like oh you can't do that or we can't do that or whatever and I'm like why not and they're like because of this and it's like but I've never had that experience so why would I think that would happen to me like um said in the podcast with Ro I am going to put this podcast out so listen to it I'm not going to just keep reiterating points that I've made um but me and Ro were saying about how we both have really severe car trauma and one of our friends was saying like it's really hard being in a car with you because it feels like you guys not not overreact but you um like get really stressed and it's like I don't want to make you guys feel that way and it was like but that's just because of our pre-existing trauma you know say if someone's been sexually assaulted um they are always gonna have a fear towards that category of person that sexually assaulted them not because they're racist or sexist or homophobic or anything but if if you get bitten by a type of spider and you see that type of spider again you're going to run away from it it's, it goes back to that primitive instinct of in, instinct sorry i was thinking of insects <laughs> um i'm aware i'm talking really quick again sorry I, i'm gonna try and slow myself down but yeah it goes back to that primitive instinct of protection and feeling safe and i think in a society like today where we're constantly being pushed to new places and to try new things and to do new things and there's so many people in the world that live so many different lives that we need to understand more of a collective view and I think that's one thing that I mean I know they're trying to ban TikTok but one thing that TikTok has really done for us is allowed us to understand that every single person on this planet is living just in depth of a life as we are and I think it makes us more courteous and I'm really grateful for it as a platform. I think there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of downsides, but it really has opened us up to the intricacies of other people's lives and experiences. And we don't just get this one media narrative of things are this way, believe it, you know, which I think is really, really positive. My brain's shut off now, so I'm going to stop there. But thank you guys so much for listening and being patient with me because my content is not as frequent as it used to be um but I'm really really grateful and I really appreciate everything that you guys do in terms of listening and following and sharing and it means the world expressing gratitude for that so thank you guys so much and I will speak to you guys soon